Hey, podcasters. Before I get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. And I encourage you to speak up on your podcast as well. Take care and spread the word. SpaceX has become masters not only at putting things into space, but oddly enough, bringing them back down nicely. And there are lessons podcasters can learn. Yep. Hello and welcome to another podcast pontifications with me, Evo Terra. The episode's a little late today because about 17 minutes after I normally try to get started, SpaceX was launching some satellites for our neighbors to the north. And I watched it as I have watched, I can't say every SpaceX launch, but the vast majority of SpaceX launches. And today, as I was watching the SpaceX launch, I paid close attention to what was happening and have culled out, some pulled out, some lessons that I think podcasters can learn. The, the population of the world breaks down to two classes. People who've watched a SpaceX launch and those who have not. So if you have, great. But if you haven't, that's okay too. These aren't for everyone. You have to be interested in the whole process and almost a part of the cult of fandom around SpaceX to watch these launches. Again, they're not for everyone. And because they're not for everyone, SpaceX recognizes that and tries not to make them for everyone. Look, if someone only has a passing interest who, who likes using satellites for the fact that they can use Google Maps and their cell phone coverage works in really random places, then that's not an interest enough to actually watch the literal rocket science it takes to put these things into orbit and to bring them back down. While it's exciting for those of us that like SpaceX and love the idea of where the space future is going, that's, that's not everyone. In fact, that's not most people. While I was watching live, 7.17 in the morning Pacific time, which means pretty much the entire population of America can make, if they have that option, watch it, only around 36,000 people were watching live which sounds like a big number. I mean, if you're a podcaster out there, you'd love to have 36,000 downloads of each of your episodes, right? Because that means you're in the top 1% of everyone. But still, it's a pretty small number in comparison, right? It's 0.01% of the population. Pretty small, pretty small. But they don't try. Again, lesson number one is don't make your show for everyone. Make your show for people who love your stuff. Now, having said that, having said that, there are multiple levels of space nerddom, and SpaceX recognizes that. They throw out all sorts of crazy weird terms that you and I, normal human beings, not rocket scientists, and certainly not that level of geekdom, we don't really know what they mean when we first hear them. Miko, Seiko, 
locks. Okay, I've learned what these things mean over time, but here's the lesson number two. SpaceX's webcast doesn't require you to know what those terms mean. They do a very good job of letting you know what they mean. They spell them out when they say the word Miko, then someone will say that's main engine cutoff. And just today I learned why we're adding helium to the tank. They did a very good job of explaining the person, the, the spokesperson for SpaceX on the video while things were happening in the background and while noise from the, not noise, while conversations from the engineering team are going on in the background, this person is explaining to the layperson, or at least the person with more than a passing interest in this, what those actually mean. Did a great example, told me why we're adding helium to a tank. It's, it made perfect sense. Now I get it. I totally get it, and that makes it makes sense. But then they also, lesson number three, they also give plenty of stuff for the super geeky fan. There's a time, right about mm, a minute before the actual launch happens, when the spokesperson, and I've seen several different spokespeople beyond from SpaceX, these are not paid professional high-end voice talent or beauty people, although they're, all, they're mainly pretty pretty that are on the thing, but that's a different thing altogether. These are SpaceX employees who want to convey to other people, which is great, which is great. But still, these SpaceXers, while they're smarter than people like me, they're doing a good job of talking to people like me. But once the countdown begins, once the computers, onboard computers have taken over the countdown, nah, see, that's me getting geeky. Once that's happened, this spokesperson, whose job is to talk to the rest of us, shuts up. They just shut up and let the technical stuff happen with the technical things in the background. These are engineers talking to other engineers. These are the flight controllers. These are the people who are responsible for making sure this thing goes off without a hitch. They have to communicate back and forth. For that minute, the spokesperson isn't telling us what's going on. We're listening to it live. We're listening to things happen that we don't get. And by don't get, I mean probably don't even hear because they say it so stinking fast in little codes because they're focused on, you know, launching a rocket. But they, they let us experience that. Even those of us who aren't the uber geeks, we get a taste. They're not dumbing it down. At no point is this being dumbed down. But they're not dumbing it down for anybody. They're letting those things happen. And then once the launch actually happens, then, of course, the spokesperson comes back and tells us what's happening. But we're still in the background hearing all of the super technical stuff. So those lessons, kind of a recap, because I kind of went around. One, and thank you for this, SpaceX. Thanks for helping us understand that while we want to make content that anybody who's interested in can consume, we're not making content for everyone. Podcaster, you're not making content for everyone. You're only making content for the people who are interested in the topic that you have to discuss. Number one. Number two, explain, please, explain things, because understand that the people who are listening may have varying levels of intelligence about your product, not, not overall, I suppose overall. They may have less familiarity with your topic. So when you're talking to 
regular people, make sure that you're communicating in such a way to where just passing fans, people with more than a little curiosity, can get what you're saying. Don't dumb it down. That's not my recommendation. My recommendation is talk to people in a normal voice, in normal language, and explain what needs to be explained. That's number two. Number three, go ahead and fly your geek flag when you need to. There are certain times in your show, likely, where we need to have that deep, geeky level conversation where only a small fraction of the uber nerds about your thing know. It's okay to do that. But it's a seasoning. (laughs) It's not the main course. And let people know ahead of time. These are the lessons I have learned from today's SpaceX launch. Oh, by the way, which was a successful launch that went up and more importantly, a successful return down. Hooray. I'm assuming the satellites have deployed. Eh, honestly, I just, I'm just here for the, you know, the bright flashes in the sky. That's really it. Podcasters can learn a lot from SpaceX. Hopefully you picked up something from this. And if you need help with your podcast, picking up things, not necessarily like this, but other ideas, big thoughts around podcasting. It's kind of what I do, if you've noticed, four times a week here. You can also go to podcastlaunch.pro to see a list of the services my firm offers our clients. We only do podcasting. You can also email me, evo at podcastlaunch.pro. Launch, just realized that. And I shall be back tomorrow with yet another podcast pontifications. Cheers. While Americans overwhelmingly support the right of an individual to make their own decisions about abortion, unfortunately, that right is no longer protected everywhere in the U.S. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on June 24th. Abortion is a basic healthcare need for the millions of people who can become pregnant. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, Access to safe medical procedures shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. You can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donationsforabortion.com. That's donations, the number four, abortion.com. If you or someone you know needs help, or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, Shout Your Abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to take a stand against abortion restrictions. Three, Abortion.Cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, PlanCPills.org provides early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And five, choice.crd.co 
has a collection of these resources and more. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word.